0: 1 Timothy, chapter 3. This morning we're going to just look at verses 14 to 16. Um, and I've explained this before, I think, but uh, when, when uh, an American preacher delivers a message, <clears throat> usually uh, you've got these points that unfold in one, two, three. And um, I notice when, I, when we have three points, when I get through with my first point, everybody looks at their watch and they start doing the math. Okay, if his first point took 20 minutes, oh, no. <laughs> but it's kind of normal. But now those of you who know me know sometimes I take 10 minutes just to get to the text. So you just can't trust it. So, um, but the idea is at the end, uh, in the conclusion, there's this one powerful thought that we hope stays with you. And so after lunch, uh, you can remember it, repeat it. and You can ask your kids and they'll remember it. Um, but in a lot of the Greek teaching, the main point's right in the middle. And so, you know, I have one, two, three. Uh, in their teaching, point one would be the start and the end. Point two would be in the middle and the middle. And then right in the center would be, this is the kernel statement. This is what matters most. And so uh, I feel like that's where we are in First Timothy. Um, in your Bible, you'll see it's usually, it's indented in a different way when we get to this creed. Um, that starts in verse 16. And so um, think about how this has played out. Uh, Last week, the apostle was clear about who's going to lead the church. What, What should their character look like? And we talked about the importance of character over charisma. What is at the core of those people who are to lead the church? And so right immediately following that comes this text. And I've called it house rules. How are we to behave? We've got our leaders. We've had a structure for how we should worship. And now he's going to talk about how we are to behave. Uh, 1 Timothy 3, 14 to 16. Please stand for the reading of the Word of God. I hope to come to you soon. But I'm writing these things to you so that if I delay... You may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up. In glory, Grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God will stand forever. You may be seated. I hope to come to you soon, he says. But I better write these things just in case something happens. Uh, it's so important that this message gets to Timothy, that you have the sense that the apostle is saying, um, listen, if I don't make it, if I get... If I get killed, if I if I get sick, I, this is so important, right? We have things that are so important. I have this Coinbase account, and there's like 12 key words that you have to know in order to hack into it, right? It says, "Hey, don't leave this on your phone, don't leave it printed anywhere." I'm like, "Well, where am I supposed to leave it?" <laughs> you know, uh, but it's 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 vital that you remember these phrases because your account might get locked. And no matter how hard you try, you won't get back in unless you know these, I think it's actually 16 words in certain order. It's so important, the apostle says. Uh, I I have to write this down. What does he have to write down? Well, I, I call it house rules. He says, I'm writing these things down in order that, or so that, you may know how to behave. Isn't that interesting? how to behave in the household of God. So I've done all these mission trips, and each church has different behavior and different dress codes. Each house has different behavior and different dress codes. Uh, we were talking about this at supper the other day, and talking about how this, the, where, where we grew up, nobody had phones at the table, right? You had a phone that was on the wall, and the phone would ring, and there was not even a display telling you who it was. Right? The phone would ring. And, and you know what? There were, I know this is hard to believe, but there were times when they didn't have voicemail. So that phone would ring. You didn't get it. You had no idea. You could have just won the Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes. But you wouldn't know. There's no, no display, no phone message. Uh, but we couldn't get the phone at the table growing up. We sat down. We didn't eat until Mom picked up her fork. And so it it was, I mean, dessert would come and mom would be walking and we'd be sitting there just like waiting, waiting, waiting. Mom sat down, picked up a fork we could have at it, right? It was just one of our house rules. Uh, We talked about the house rules about a hat in the house. You know that, I mean, there's just, I I don't know why or how that came about, but um, you know, some people, you know, I have relatives. Don't wear a hat in the house. okay. Does does it cause cancer? You know why what right? Just house rules, just things that we do. So in our house, you know, we don't allow uh wet food to go upstairs. And it's a result of our last move. The last move, when I moved the couch, there was the couch was stuck to parts of the carpet where someone had left ice cream and it had gotten hard and stuck. And you could just see, you know, the outline of the couch. So I'm like, okay. You know, n- n- we're not doing that anymore, right? So my brother, he, all his kids are visiting, and um, the youngest boy, you know, he goes walking up the stairs with something, and he's going to spill it everywhere. I'm like, uh, no, 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 Titus. We don't, we don't take food up there on the carpet. You can spill it all over the kitchen, all over the tile, but we just don't take it up there. So a couple of days later, we go over to the Sheffield's house, and uh, we're, we're pulling up, and, it's, you know, it's a nice house there, and, And the kids are in the car, and one of the kids says, hey, that's a nice house. And Titus goes, I wonder if they'll let us eat upstairs. (laughs) I wonder if they'll let us eat upstairs. So he realized, even at that small age, he realized certain houses have certain rules. Um, Certain houses have certain rules. And uh, the apostle here is saying, uh, the Christians, the church, the community of God's people, is called a household. And, and you know I'm a stickler about this because I just think he gets abused all the time. But we're called family, the family of God, right? And he'll, later on, when he talks about caring for the poor, he, he, will, he will talk about we care for the poor as if they're in our very own family. We're their last line of hope, the church. We're, we're to care for the poor as if it's my mom, as if it's my sister, if it's my brother. And, and so he says this, this way of behavior matters. It matters privately and it matters publicly. Now, it's interesting. Um, the University of Virginia, they, they love the definite article. Okay, So if you ever go to the University of Virginia, you go to Charlottesville, they love the definite article. So it's always called the university. The. Uh, the lawn. It, it, everything is the um, and, and we lose some of that because we just we don't we don't necessarily get it. But but he is making the definite article important here. You are the household of God. That's who you are. You hold the truth. It, it, it's, it means it's a particular thing, the truth of the living God. And there is a way to be- behave that shows what we hold in our hearts. Isn't there? Our behavior reflects what I would call our internal creed. Our behavior and even our gut reactions to things. Our gut reactions to things shows this is what I believe. This is what I hold true. This is what I'm I'm feeling threatened here. I'm feeling happy here. Uh, I I do this. I don't do that. It, 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 It shows in our behavior. And so what the apostle is saying, oh, church, uh, it is so important that all these things are in place, that the truth, the creed that you hold, that it is reflected in your behavior. And so that, that's where we are. There is a way to behave. The sermon in the sense, there is a way to behave in God's household that reflects the mystery of godliness. If the behavior is off, it's because the creed is off. If the behavior is off in the church and we reflect the same behavior of all of those who don't know our Savior, it's because our creed is off. What we've held to, the core belief, is gone. It's wrong. It's messed up. And you know that COVID COVID had this terrible effect to the church. And and I've told you this, I was just disappointed. That was it. I was was filled with such disappointment that we could be fractured and argue over things. And, And... and, um, but it showed weakness, right? It, it showed what was not right. So how are we to behave? Well, why must we behave? Because we are God's household. I shared that story at my dad's funeral about when we traveled, and I think I shared it here, when we, when we traveled as a family for the longest time. Right before we got there and we'd sit up front like the Byers family here and mom would always laugh at dad's joke even though she'd heard it 100 times. She would laugh as if it was brand new and and kids we had special shoes we wore they were called Sunday shoes, um, Sunday pants and and we would go and mom would say now remember the Kuiper name and I explained I think I explained this a few weeks ago Uh, one of the great points in my life is when they said that we're wrong family Kuiper name doesn't mean anything. You carry the name of Christ with you wherever you go. And so um, we are God's household. And so it's not really remember who you are, but remember whose you are. Remember you, you have been bought at a great price. And that, that is at the core of everything that a Christian does. I said, I had a hard week. I've had a hard couple of weeks. Some horrible things have happened. And my natural response at times is to respond in anger and and push pain on somebody else. But when I'm in my right mind, I say, how has God treated me? You don't get that without the gospel. You don't get that without Christ. We can't expect that from people who don't know the Lord because they treat as they've been treated, right? They love as if they've been loved. They have relationships like the relationships that they've had. The Christian says, how has God treated me? And it's this mystery that he holds together. And I love the word mystery because there are things that are mysterious about our God. And, and uh, the Holy Spirit reveals things to us as we read and study his word, as we humble ourselves before. it. But it's still a mystery. The cluster of these truths um, applied um, by supernatural revelation, this mystery. And so he says we must behave because we are God's household. Now, um, the church, he says, which is... God's household so we are both in in some sense that illustration of a household uh and and we're using the the the, um Deuteronomy text right that the tabernacle of the God of God and he was he was with them and he moved with them and some you know the the priest could go into the holy place Moses could go in but but there was this idea that God was going to always be present with his people And so, uh, as we sing on Canaan's side, we talk about the pillar and the fire, and it was all of that God was saying, here's how you're going to go, here's where you're going to go, I'm going to lead you, I'm going to be with you. Um, But now, the temple's destroyed, the holy, holy places, the the curtain is ripped open, and God says, you're that building, you're the tabernacle, I am with you, you're that building, but you're also also an inhabitant of that building. You live in and with God. So he says, this is who you are. You are the church of the living God, the assembly of God's people, a living God. Not a dead one, not a dead idol, not just some philosophy, not some vague spirit, but the living God. And that should join us as a people. I find that we can join, we can have community based on so many other things, our sports teams, our hobbies, He says, no, no, you're joined together by the living God. I will dwell among you, I will be your God, and you shall be my people. He says that in Exodus 25, in Exodus 29, and um, he says it in Leviticus. Uh, I'll make my dwelling among you, he says, and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you, I will be your God, and you shall be my people. Psalm 114 says it, Ezekiel 37, 2 Corinthians 6, all the way through the scripture is that, that same promise I'm going to be your God. That's who I am. You're my household. I'm dwelling with you, I'm dwelling in you. You are the church of the living God. That's the first reason. The second is that we are this pillar of truth. He says that in verse 15. How are you to behave? The household of God, which is the church of the living God. And then he says it is a pillar and a buttress. It's a pillar. You know what he means by that? Uh, in, in Ephesus, there were a hundred pillars uh, that, that had various artifacts. Ephesus, um, you might read in, in Acts, I think it's 28, um, where uh, there's a riot in Ephesus, um, there was a temple. The Romans called her Diana. The uh, Ephesians called her uh, Artemis. Artemis, supposedly the daughter of Zeus, had a temple there. There was a stone, a holy stone. It was probably a meteorite. But they had a hundred pillars. And Paul is saying, Timothy, the church is to be a pillar. That means we're not to hide what we believe concerning gender. We're not to hide what we believe concerning marriage. We're not to hide what we believe concerning Jesus being the only way to God. Don't, don't do that. Oh, sometimes we're tempted to be sweet, but to be sweet and kind and not right, it's the worst thing we can do is keep people from the truth. The way you behave, he says, you're the pillar. Yeah, and in Ephesus, there's all these other pillars with various truths, artifacts, idols, vile images, but the church be set up high as a pillar the church thirdly as a buttress of the truth so it's both a pillar it's a dwelling place but it's also a foundation held by the truth and so that that brings this beautiful creed you can see him uh, in these six phrases Uh, It's as like he is saying, hey, uh, Timothy, the elders, the deacons, the officers of the church, make sure they recite this. Make sure they understand it. Um, When we do creeds with our question and answer, when we do the Apostles' Creed, and I see in creed, um, our hope is that you'll memorize it, that it'll be impressed on you. As you go about your day when something speaks negatively about you, like, no, no, this is what I know. This is what I believe. Um, and so this truth it it was really hard to outline this in the next section (laughs) I have four different ways of outlining it (laughs) so I think on the notes here if you get to uh, press a button on the next one there um, the revelation of Jesus Christ next one uh, so the first two yeah go ahead and put them all up that's great (laughs) Um, here's what he says Here's the truth that you confess. This is what you need to believe. Um, the first is that Jesus Christ has been revealed. And so those first two, manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit. He, he, when we say revelation, we tend to think of that, oh, that means all this stuff is going to happen. No, revelation just means to reveal, to show something. And so he is saying, here's what we know. Here's what the people of God know. They know that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He was revealed to them in the flesh. We have these beautiful Gospels that say, how is God going to react? What does He do? What's in His heart? Read the Gospels. God became flesh and He dwelt among us. Physically dwelt with people, with crowds. He was manifested. Jesus took on human flesh. He was vindicated by the Spirit. We think that that when he's he's saying that, that what he's talking about is the transfiguration. When the skies are torn apart, the skies were torn apart as he went up on the mountain. And they heard the voice, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He was vindicated by the Spirit. So he was revealed in flesh and he was revealed in spirit. He was revealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. What does our our creed tell us? Jesus Christ has been revealed. God has shown us Himself in Christ. Uh, The second part, the witness of Christ. So the next two phrases. Seen by angels and proclaimed among the nations. He was was in the flesh. He was seen by angels. We read about angels attending Him. uh, And He was proclaimed a great commission, even Paul himself proclaimed. So the witness of Christ in heaven and on earth, and then the reception that He was given. He was believed on in the world, and He was taken up in glory. That's a simple creed, isn't it? Here's what we know the mystery of godliness entails. Jesus Christ was manifested in the flesh. He was vindicated by the Spirit. We don't use vindicating often, but uh, he, was, he was justified. He was proven by the Spirit. He was seen by angels. He was proclaimed among the nations. He's believed on in the world, and he's been taken up in glory. A simple creed, but so much to it. He's revealed, he's witnessed, and he's to be received. Uh, you can think of it even chronologically, right? The first two, uh, Jesus came, right? He, was came, he came in the flesh, vindicated by the spirit he died he was seen by the angels he was proclaimed among the nations and he rose again he was believed on in the world and taken up into glory you can also take this and, and have it in another way you can think the first has to do really with the truth that we teach right we teach the revelation of jesus christ we teach about him the church is to teach about him and the second part the church is to witness about him we are to bear witness we are to tell the world about him And the the third, worship. believed on in the world and taken up in glory. That's our creed. If there's something wrong in our behavior, there's something wrong in our creed. We have let something else consume our mind and our thoughts. It's deep, but it should be deep. It, It should require some work on our part and so that's the mystery does your household reflect it does your household our household the church reflect this well I believe we do (laughs) albeit fallen (laughs) and messy um Does our behavior reflect this? That the drive of our person should be a drive to be godly. We may not even articulate it like that, but it truly is in the side of every human being to be more like my Savior. This is how one ought to behave in the church. Far too often, I think the behavior thoughts have been all external. And in churches in Mexico, you have to um, at least when I've been there, the ones I've been to, um, you you don't whistle, you don't um, you don't run. Um, you treat the building, in some sense, as a sacred place. Uh, it's so funny when um, I went to. Uh, Mississippi after being in California So California We dress so casual Mississippi had to go buy suits <laughs> you know that was expected in the house We think about those things But what this tells us Is that what we believe in the center of our being Is most important And it should affect our behavior Our Lord came He died And he rose again Let's pray, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is true. Lord, that your, your work in coming to, to Earth was, was accomplished. You did what you came to do. And that as the household of faith, as a household of your church. Lord, may we reflect that. we believe that Christ came, lived a sinless life, suffered and died to take away our sins and rose again and appeared to his disciples, as your word said, over 500 other people. He appeared to them. He proved that his flesh was, was, was not corrupted. And he went and even now sits at your right hand. Help us, Lord, discern what this means for us in all of our daily comings and goings. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.